Hello and welcome to Sounding Out Horsham. I'm Emma and I'm Anna and today we're bringing you this podcast from a bench in Horsham Park. <laughs> yep, current restrictions to help stop the spread of COVID-19 mean that we're unable to sit together in a small room as we usually do yeah. but there is a point to recording in this location because the focus of this episode is Horsham's green spaces. We're going to look at how people use them, what they mean to us, how we can look after them and what we can expect from them in the future. Yeah, and outdoor spaces have been increasingly important to us over the past years. And I thought it would be interesting to look at some statistics. And I've got some figures for you from the government survey, Monitor of Engagement with the Natural Environment. And the last report was published actually just before COVID arrived on the scene. But if you look at those figures, adults living in England did nearly 4 billion visits the natural environment. That corresponds to around 90 visits per year per person and the report also looked at the time people spent in the natural environment and two-thirds of adults said they normally spent at least once a week in the natural environment and 89% agreed with the statement that spending time out of doors is an important part of my life. And all this was like we said before Covid hit and now it's a different story. We're obviously already using outdoor spaces, but um, when COVID-19 arrived and we were only allowed our one hour of exercise um, through lockdown, lots of people were starting to use outdoor spaces a lot more frequently. Yeah. Um, I'm really fortunate and I live about five minutes walk from Horsham Park and we do usually come here, but parks are found through COVID-19, they just became so much more these green spaces for our salvation really yeah i really agree i uh, it's it's funny because um i read in this uh, in this survey that urban parks that's the green space that attracts by far the most visits throughout the country but i actually didn't set foot in the park during lockdown but i went to the woods pretty much every day leech pool and owl beach because that's the part of town where i live and they were so busy i remember one day i went for a run in the woods in Leechpool and I met a man and he said oh it's the M25 that way and it felt a bit like that it was incredibly busy compared to what it's normally like and I think many people don't it took Covid for them to realize what we have just where we live yeah that's a really good point isn't it I think we suddenly when you we were restricted on how far we could travel we discovered what was on our doorsteps so that's why we want to talk about about this So to answer the questions we've raised and tell us more about some of Horsham's coveted green spaces, we've invited Sally Sanderson, who is Chair of Friends of Horsham Park, and Laura Thomas, Chair of Friends of Chesworth Farm, to tell us a bit more. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Yeah, welcome to both of you. Very nice to see you. We are no longer in Horsham Park. Because of COVID restrictions, we have to have this conversation via Zoom. So could you start maybe by telling us a little bit about what your organisations do? Yes, overall, the Friends aim to protect the park. For example, make sure it's not built on. Uh, We aim to enhance the park by having better facilities, better colour in the park, that type of thing. And also we promote the park because there's a lot in the park and lots of people don't know how much there is there. So we do quite a bit to promote it. So things like events, um, and other initiatives. 
we've got two wings. We've got one wing, which is sort of like a committee that looks after the organization. So we're a community interest company. So it's running that, raising funds, running events, liaising with the council. And then there's a second wing, which is our Wednesday morning volunteers who every Wednesday, come rain or shine, go out there and cut back overgrowth and weed and just generally help to make the park look good. Have you been able to continue that sort of work now during COVID? Yes, yeah, we have. We didn't in the first lockdown, which people found so frustrating because you could just see all the weeds growing. Um, but since then, since May, I think, oh, no, it was beginning of June, we started again. Um, we've worked in groups of six and then we had to do some pair work in the last lockdown. We're now back to groups of six so so we're adapting and I, I can imagine we'll be doing more adapting next next January. So Laura what um can you give us a little bit more about what the uh, Friends of Chesworth Farm do? Of course we're a group that act as an informal voice for all the many visitors who are very loyal to the farm and who take a great interest and maintain a, a profile for the farm that perhaps wasn't there in years gone past so that if there were any external threats we can harness all that loyalty and passion that have that people have on a daily, weekly basis, and uh, we just want to keep that profile there. And you, like Sally was saying about the park weeding, etc. How much involvement do you have in the maintenance of the farm? The warden team can call on us whenever they want. So that might be for a specific task, like hedge laying. We've got that coming up in the spring again. Or it can be, we have a very dedicated team concentrate on litter picking once a month just to keep everything looking as lovely as it can be. How many members do you have actually? Um, the Friends of Horsham Park have 400 friends and we have about a thousand followers on Instagram. So when Laura was talking about keeping a profile out there, that's one of the ways we keep, keep people interested in the park and we promote the park. Yeah, and of course the park is probably the busiest green space there is in, in Horsham as well. Certainly at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I see that um, the main reason we want to talk about Horsham's green spaces now is because, as we mentioned earlier, communal green spaces have been used so much more frequently since the arrival of COVID-19 and they've become such a precious resource for all of us. In what way have you noticed people using your respective spaces differently or potentially more frequently? We've seen a doubling or tripling of visitors coming across the site, particularly in the summer, of course. And uh, I think we've seen younger family groups and older couples adding to the mix. Do you think COVID has made new people discover the farm? Very definitely, yes. And how about you, Sally? Well, we've certainly seen a lot more activity in the park. We haven't been able to sort of count numbers, but... In the summer, it was mobbed, really. It was wonderful to see, you know, everyone was there doing their daily hours exercise, whether it was just a walk or... And of course, then it became the social hub, really, for Horsham, which created its own problems. There were lots and lots of groups really enjoying what felt like a festival out there, right spread across every corner of the park, which was fantastic to see. But that did bring a litter problem for the park. Yeah, I was just going to ask you that, actually. Has it meant a lot more work for you then? Not for not for the friends, but it certainly meant a lot of work for the council team, the parks and countryside team and the rangers. They were having to 
empty bins twice a day at the weekends, for example, brought in extra bulk bins. And then there were some volunteer litter pickers who came out every morning to try and get the park back to looking lovely. There were just these great big circles of debris where people had sat in a circle and just walked away, which is such a shame because it wasn't very nice for people arriving in the morning for their exercise. So that was a challenge. It was good to see the park being used so well, but it would have been nice if people had taken their litter home with them. Yeah, I, I went to the park frequently throughout lockdown and then afterwards. And yeah, it was it was incredible to see the difference in how people were using it. And we did notice lots of rubbish. But uh, I did wonder how those were being, you know, those spaces were being looked after. And I know you re- obviously represent those those spaces, but they are maintained by the council. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, they're the landowners and uh, they have responsibility for maintaining them to a a certain standard. There's no statutory duty to do that. So there's always a bit of pushback in terms of are they doing enough? And that's really where the friends got involved, because people wanted to increase the standards of maintenance. And there just isn't the budget there. They do amazing things with the budget they've got. But we like the icing on the cake and I expect the same for you Laura isn't it that there wouldn't be hedge laying unless your your volunteers got involved on the farm. That's right the warden team just don't have the resources across the whole of the district so we are just there as a little luxury. So you you two you represent two of these friends organizations but there are several friends Mm. organizations and you all play a vital role if you look at uh, Horsham Council's green spaces strategy they're really highlighting how important all your organizations are could you tell us a little bit more about how this collaboration works with the council and how involved you are in in the planning and the day-to-day work from the park's perspective we have a quarterly meeting with the council team which comprises a walk around the site and we're joined in that by Den Neighbourhood Council as well who have a responsibility for the park. So there's that quarterly meeting which is a chance to talk about what we'd like to see and for them to tell us about the projects they're doing like that playground, the new extension to the playground. They they showed us that beforehand but that, that was a project they were driving. Um, we also, each of the sites has a management plan which is meant to set out how it's going to be managed and operated over the next, say, five years. And we get involved in that in lots of forums because they want to make sure that they understand what residents want from the park. And that's we're one way of doing that. I think it's worth us saying at this point that we did invite a representative from Horsham District Council to take part in this episode, but we were unsuccessful. But we are aware they, they look after, there are lots of green spaces in, in Horsham. I think they look after about 100 sites in the district. We have some of the flagship green spaces in in Horsham. Uh, Warnham Nature Reserve is is obviously an important one. Chesworth Farm, Horsham Park. Those are big, important sites for them and Southwater. Yeah. So, so Laura, did you want to did you want to say something about how you collaborate with the council with Chesworth Farm? Is that different from how? Yes, I'd say it's slightly different. We use our monthly meetings where we have usually have a warden come along and so we exchange on a more informal basis exchange ideas Um, and we also have a management plan that takes us up to 2026 I think so that acts as a prompt for all kinds of projects though though we're not rigid about it It, you know if um, the council came to us with something or we come to them we we can exchange ideas and, and 
So that brings me to, to the next question, I think, about upcoming projects. Do you want to start, Sally? Or do you have any, are there going to be any new walkways or anything like that planned? Have you? Well, there's uh, council projects and then there's friends projects. So the council, two big projects, which we hope they're going to get funding for. You know, COVID, well, funding's a little bit tight, but the pond should be dredged and improved so it's more visible. And the volunteers will be helping with some of that once the big work has been done. And then we're really hoping they will have the money to refurbish the skate park because we think that's really important for young people. And it's been in decline for a few years, so it needs to be refurbished. We're hoping that will happen. For the friends, the sorts of projects we'll be doing, we're it's going to be the 30th anniversary of Park House Sensory Garden. And that was one of the most popular places during the year because it's so beautiful. Um, but the sundial in the middle is broken. So one of our projects is to raise some money to get that repaired and restored and the garden ready for a 30th anniversary celebration. So that's one thing we do. We'll be doing some this year, we've been doing Tree of the Week to give everyone a chance to find out about all the wonderful trees in the park. This year, what we're going to do is a, is a group of seasonal walks. So winter trees, spring trees, summer trees, autumn trees, that type of thing, just so that people have a different way of walking around the park and noticing all our wonderful trees. When walking around through lockdown, walking through the park, so often our family could identify the oak trees, but I, I failed quite miserably on, on identifying the others. So anything that does give some information about the trees and, and other yeah. plants growing there. I know you obviously have that in the nature garden. It, it's marked out what different plants are. But yeah, I think that's fantastic. And your plans, have they changed because of COVID? Yes, all the events had to be cancelled. So yeah. we couldn't do any of our normal events um, which are around promoting things. And that's that's why, for example, we did the Tree of the Week initiative as an alternative. So, yeah. But have your plans changed in any way to cater for more people? I mean, now that they're being used so much more? I think that's such a big issue. I think we're just seeing how our, our site goes. It's very forgiving of more visitors somehow. It just seems to cope. So we're not particularly doing anything different. Do you have any upcoming projects that you want to highlight? We've got one that's been on the cards for a while, an exciting one to open up a part of the riverside walk with a new walkway so that people get a different view that it's more accessible and yes it should take people's eye line over the river particularly where the barn owls fly so we've got high hopes for that have you seen a change in the the wildlife i know that's very key to chesworth farm isn't it we're always encouraging overwintering birds so i don't think we've got any particularly new ones but we've had skylarks nesting this year despite the crowds which is has been very exciting any plans to introduce any more llamas i know that's a popular for the younger children going to visit the llamas at chesworth farm not that we've been told about no it seems plenty so how how involved are you in the future planning you mentioned you get funding for some of those projects but how involved are you in ensuring that the plans are relevant to your members or to those who are using it? Well, I think the main way of doing that is either through regular meetings and the management plans, because the management plans are meant to set out what's happening for the next few years. We have been lobbying quite hard for the park one to be slightly longer term, have, have aspirational plans, because we want to get more involved in trying to raise grant funding 
because money is tight. So that takes a long time to do that. Therefore, you need to know what, what you're aiming for in three or four years time plus. So a good example of that is Park Run is a wonderful event in the park. We've obviously oh, been yeah. missing it, yes. but they haven't got a decent path to run on. It becomes a mud track and then everyone has mm. to go to Southwater. We would love to have a proper Park Run path, which would also be good the rest of the week for cyclists and joggers and all the rest of it. But that would take a lot of effort to raise that money and so we need to sort of know that the council wants us to do that and to work with us on it so it's trying to look longer term I think is quite a challenge. So what, what do you say uh, what would you say are the benefits of being a member of your um, of a friends group like yours? Well a, a sense of belonging somewhere to channel that loyalty that, that people have to, to a favoured site or sites that's on one side and the other side the physical benefits and the mental health benefits are enormous. What do you say, Sally? Well, the benefits are very similar. You know, having a voice, feeling like you've got a voice um, is a very important one for many of our members. And then I think the people who get actively involved, there's a real sense of achievement when something you wanted to improve happens. That's a great sense of satisfaction. The Wednesday volunteers also are a wonderful team and they really enjoy uh, working together. So, you know, the mental health benefits that Laura mentioned there are absolutely key for some of the members of that team who come because they might be feeling lonely or struggling with confidence. So do you notice a change in some of those people that come and that join you and, and work outdoors and get involved in projects? Is there a notable difference? I think what's been noticeable since lockdown is more younger people are available because they can't work at the moment. So they've really enjoyed having something to do, something to go along to. So, yes. And, and there have been some people who find it's a real relief at the moment to get out. And I, I work, but most of my life is on Zoom. So I love my Wednesday mornings to get out in the fresh air um, have fun and do something with other people it's great how many more members have you have you had then since covid do you think i think probably on the wednesday volunteers um we've we've probably doubled it we were a core team of about six before now we're a core strong team of about 12 um, great yeah so we get a lot done so would you say if somebody moves to town new doesn't really know anyone joining a friends group would that be something that you recommend then yeah, we, one of our new committee members is exactly that. She moved to Horsham in March and she's got involved and it's great. So she's getting to know people. It'll be even better when we're not in lockdown and we can have physical meetings, but she's, mm. she's enjoying it and she's a great contribution, great asset to our team, actually. One of the things I wanted to ask was, as but these spaces have become so much more valuable to us and you know we're all using them more, but from your perspective, Laura and Sally, what would you tell people to do to make sure that we can preserve these spaces and and look after them is there anything that we can do to respect those spaces that helps your job and the council's I think there's lots of things that people in Horsham who like the park can do you know litter is part of it but actually just as important is using the green space 
enjoying it because if it's not used it will get taken away if if the council feel not every inch of it is necessary they might nibble away at it so from the protection point of view we do quite a lot we've we've got it protected now as an asset of community value uh, but that only lasts five years so so the council need to know how valuable it is to everyone and that's why i think this year has been a wonderful year for the park because it has proved its worth. Why are the green spaces important then, do you think? Well, we saw in lockdown how much all of us need to get out there for physical and mental well-being. But I think what was very obvious in lockdown was that as the town has grown, we've got lots of people in flats and lots of people in houses with very small gardens. But particularly those people in flats, they needed space to get out and feel the fresh air, soak up the sun, even soak up the rain. I mean, we're still seeing people meeting out there in the rain just so that they've got somewhere to go and socialise because they haven't got a garden to meet people in. And if I could add that it was so important to people who hadn't got a car or who just had to get out very quickly um, and easily. And and that's where all the sites were so important. So if someone wanted to get involved or if they had ideas or suggestions for these spaces where do they go how do they contact you for the friends of Horsham Park the best way is just to go onto our website and there's a page get involved and that will tell you how you can get involved and also our contact details are there so it's friends of Horsham Park.co.uk or they can just write to me chair at friends of Horsham Park.co.uk and how about Friends of Chesworth Farm, if people want to get involved with you? They can contact us via our website, friendsofchesworthfarm.com, and we're also on Facebook and most social media platforms. Brilliant. Well, you've given us lots of information about what you do and also what is planned ahead. A new walkway in Chesworth Farm and the wood walk to learn about different species in Horsham Park. The pond is going to be made more accessible. The skate park will be updated. The sundial in the park house sensory garden is to be restored. So lots of exciting things are happening. Okay, Sally and Laura, thank you so much for taking the time to to talk to us. It's It was really interesting and uh, you're doing a really important work, I think. Yes, thank you for joining us and uh, on Sunny Out Portion. I think uh, the message is use those green spaces and uh, enjoy them. Yeah, and if you have any comments, please check out our Facebook or Twitter pages at SO Horsham or Sounding Out Horsham. And you can email us at sohorsham at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. Yeah.